0: Welcome to The Unlabeling Effect, where three distinctive women daringly dive into some taboos with the intention to normalize the uncomfortable yet vital conversations. We're ready to embark on a journey of self-discovery with comrades like you. Let's commence on this week's episode on how would you describe yourself? Behavior involves an interaction between a person's underlying personality and situational variables, The situation that a person finds himself or herself plays a major role in how the person reacts. However, in most of the cases, people offer responses that are consistent with their underlying personality traits. It was believed that personality traits changed very little over the course of a lifetime. But some newer longitudinal studies have revealed that traits are a bit more nuanced than previously believed. And that some personality actually could change and can occur over time. Taken together by exploring and identifying our personality traits, we might be able to find our limitations and fathom how did we react and why do we react the way that we do. And we could apply appropriate interventions to work around it and make a realistic change in order to move forward to our better self. So, without further ado, let's dive right in. I'm your host, Rita, and with me today are Melody and Vivian. Hi, girls. Hello. Hi. Today, we're going to utilize the simpler but pretty inclusive personality trait quiz called the Big Five. It tests out the five broad personality traits which made up the word ocean. O stands for openness, C for conscientiousness, E for extroversion. Ava agreeableness, and lastly, N for neurotism. Before the recording, I have invited Melody and Vivian to finish the quiz. So among the five items, Ocean, which item did you score the highest? My highest would
1: be conscientiousness, actually. It's at um, 80. Oh, no. Agreeableness is actually 88. I'm sorry.
0: My agreeableness <laughs> is 88% as well. What about Mel? So my top
2: score was also an agreeableness uh, at 86%.
0: Interesting, because agreeableness actually describes a person's tendency to put others' needs ahead of their own and cooperate rather than compete with others. So I think we have all this tendency of um, showing a great deal of empathy and tend to get pleasure out of serving and taking care of others.
2: Mm, Because I'm the type that I'm happy to compromise. To a certain extent, obviously, I don't just always compromise. But again, it's just, you know, trying to agree with someone to come to a fair point.
1: I guess the agreeableness comes from empathy. Like, if people disagree with me, like, I understand where they're coming from, but I wouldn't put their needs above
0: my own. Mm. I feel like maybe what they are saying is not that you put their needs ahead of you, which will dismiss your own needs. I feel like it's just more of a focus of you have the capacity and empathy to understand people and Mm. compromise. And that's why they're saying people who score high in this are usually more forgiving and trusting. Right. Okay, that I agree with. Okay, what about the lowest score among the five? Will we be different or will we be the same again?
1: Ooh, okay, let's let's say it at the same time, shall we? <laughs> sure, uh,
0: sure. One, two, three. Neurotis. What?
1: Oh gosh.
0: <laughs> uh, sorry Rita, which one is your lowest? Mine is openness. Whereas for Mel and Vivian, they are individuals who are scoring low in neurotism. They would tend to be content, confident, and stable. So do you feel like in daily life you could observe these kind of traits in you? For example, um, for people who score low in neuroticism will report fewer physical or even psychological problems and even experiencing less stress than others under the same scenario. You are more stable and confident in yourself. And hence, when you're in highly stressful scenarios, you will handle it better. I think I'm more like positive in that sense. I don't know Mm. if I hit all the
2: description that you said. But when it comes to like more challenging time or more high pressured environments, I do notice that I am relatively positive. So I do always think of the positives first. I guess I'm more
1: calm when it comes to situations where I know that um, problem solving is more important. But I disagree with um, the tendency to experience uh, negative emotions. So I do actually am aware And I can catch myself in negative thoughts for sure. But it's just that I would put less focus on those, but I still let them run through. I don't think it means that I experience less of those emotions.
0: I agree. Yeah, so from this conversation, we already could see that how simplified or generalised um, this kind of personality trait test could be. It's not mm. at all precise and could even display the beauty of a person. So, you know, some people are even utilising the big five in job interview or even finding love. What do you guys think about it? Like, is it fair Because the rationale for business runner would be they want to make up a team of having a balanced amount of people embracing different scores in Ocean, hence a more comprehensive team. What do you think about it? I would say that it's a very small
1: percentage because there are too many variables. First of all, um, the candidate might not be 100% themselves when they're like in interviews or they are trying to manipulate you. Like, for example, if they know that being an extrovert is mostly known as uh, more outgoing in a PR job, then they will act in a certain way to try to clout your judgment. So I wouldn't necessarily put a lot of emphasis on this when it comes to recruitment. I would really focus on their skill more. But if two people really have the same experience, skill set, achievements, ability, then maybe the, the trait would be the deal breaker. Because at the end of the day, you want a team that can work well together. But that would require me to do a lot of verification. For example, a few more phone calls, maybe ask them to meet the team and I'll observe. So it's something that I think it's important to consider um, those variables. Mm. Do you feel
2: like it is... Useful to a certain extent as a reference because in a more simple saying is that you do want diversity. You, you do want to bring in different characters, different personality to make up a good team, right? So by just doing this test, I can see it's like a very simple reference that you can take to potentially build or at least recognize like which team members could contribute more on, for example, team lead that would need to manage a lot of people so maybe agreeableness would be a very handy skill to have. I agree
1: from a recruiter point of view I don't think it's necessary for candidates to really like fill out the test and then I have to put scores in it but I would ask behavioral questions and trying to find out um, what their traits are. and I guess it's a complementary thing. Like if I already have a team that is very extroverted from my previous experience, I would try to balance out a little bit of that mix because like for example, a hundred percent of them are, are extroverts, sometimes it might not be the most efficient. but it also like again as what Mel said, it also depends on the industry.
2: I can see uh, how people can make good use of their qualities. So instead of from like a recruitment point of view, I think as an individual, I can see that it is useful to have done that test just to reiterate what I'm kind of like better at and what I'm not so good at. And then you can play two your strengths. So
0: moving from the workplace to finding love, how do you find that if you are dating a person that is having complete opposite uh, personality traits to you, or you would rather be dating someone that is like very similar with you, like deal with a situation or addressing a topic in a similar manner as you, would you prefer that? Or you would prefer someone that gives you a complete different perspective?
2: I would say I would prefer to have someone to share certain uh, attributions with me, but there are also two attributions that I think it would be rather frustrating to clash with someone. (laughs) Uh, I think the clashing part would be if the other person is as extroverted as I am. So surprisingly, actually, because I do appreciate a lot of external stimulations, but I think it would be very annoying to have two extroverts like 24-7 in the same room.
1: (laughs) I guess it comes down to your needs and what really works for you, Mm -hmm. lifestyle. Because when it comes to problem solving, I guess I need someone that is more similar to me. So is he or she empathetic? Do we work towards the problem or against each other? I think those personality traits are non-negotiable for me. Like those are must-haves or I look for those qualities. But in terms of, like Mel said, introverted, extroverted, whether um, he or she likes to go to the gym every day or, or play video games, every day. I think those are in comparison less important to me, but extending on the non-negotiables such as if that person has no ability to accept new ideas, it would be relatively hard. It's not impossible, but Wait a second. Like now I look at the look at the chart because now I'm at C, like the conscientiousness. It's about hardworking and organized. Yeah, because it would be very frustrating as well, because my previous relationship, that person is kind of more easy and he would procrastinate or he would, you know, like very chill, very easy to a lot of tasks. And
0: that did frustrate me. From time to time, you know, uh, yeah. especially you are like a person that who sticks to schedule and also yeah. time. And if that person really inherently doesn't like that or that's the, not the mode that they work, actually, they could find you pretty annoying as well. So, you know, this mm-hmm. kind of little misalignment could be something major. When Rita talked about being subjective
1: or how you interpret those qualities, it also comes to play whether that person has other qualities. that's really outstanding. It really hits you. Um, It's a very intricate line. Like there's no um, one way to summarize it. If you ask me on paper, I would say similar would be leaning towards compatible. What do you think, Rita?
0: I think I'm similar I would prefer um, People who are Compatible with me In personality trait wise But in some aspects I would really like That person To be complete opposite Like as an introvert I don't need another person Sitting next to me And not talking You know I need a next (laughs) to You know Bring some light in life And make things easier Because I take things Very seriously sometimes That I I forgot To have fun in life And Mm -hmm. when someone Could make everything Funny and playful That I, I really enjoy And appreciate those that's why I always making fun of myself that I won't date myself you know like my personality I couldn't have the exact the same it's like gonna be so boring
2: no but I if I I really like reflect back on ocean I think the extroversion attribution is the only one that I would wish to have the opposite and then the rest I would want to have more similarities with the person I'm looking for
0: do you interact better or you feel like you have a better chemistry when you interact with people of opposite or similar to yours?
2: I think I'm pretty clear with this. Uh, I know for a fact that I enjoy external stimulations. So I do react more when people give me more stimulations, which usually would be people that are slightly more extroverted
1: the people that I'm close with or that I get along with, they have to be open to new ideas. They have to know how to empathize with different perspectives. But when it comes to introverts, extroverts, like what kind of activities they like to do, like it's, it's not as important for me, I I would
2: say. I do think that I am not quite drawn to people that have uh, a lot of heavy or negative emotions. Because I do believe that people should know that they have control over their mindset. So for example, if someone who are just constantly so negative, I just Mm. do not appreciate that they don't make an effort to try to make themselves more positive. I'm not talking about people who are clinically diagnosed with depression or all those mm. kind of illness because they're actually ill and they don't, they're, they're probably in the middle of addressing that. Right. But I'm just saying that people who would always focus on the negatives, mm. uh, mm-hmm. instead of taking control and address those by giving them some more positive thoughts or taking actions on those.
1: Mm.
2: When it comes to
1: neuroticism, I would think that that emotion management skill is something that you can learn. But when it comes to openness um, or agreeableness, those things, I regard them as more stable, more more solid. So if I have like first encounterment with people and I immediately have a feeling that they're not open to um, different perspective, I would Im- not immediately, but I would already foresee that we might not get along very well. When I look at even the inner circle, like I get along with Rita perfectly fine <laughs> because she's uh, very introverted. Um, but I also find myself shifting from extrovert to introvert as I age.
0: So I guess it's a very like interesting question. What do you think, Rita? That question actually has been lingering in the psychological field for so long on Mm. nature or nurture how much nature contributes to our personality shaping and how much nurture does so before diving into that i would like you guys to like reflect on how much you have changed um throughout these years like and what you have done to really move yourself to a better self assuming that we're changing for the better
2: (laughs) (laughs) For me, it's the openness and the willingness to want to become a better person, I think. If I really have to generalize the reason why I feel like I can see the shift. I, I would say all three of us, we do a lot of reflections, either naturally or uh, consciously. And you would probably, through experiences, through, through events, you would know what kind of behaviors you enjoy and you appreciate and that you would want to do
0: more of. Just understand how you feel because I'm pretty opposite to Vivian's. Like from my observation, it's pretty interesting to see the transition across her lifespan. She started with a pretty introverted girl when she was a kid. Then she became an extrovert uh, during teenage time. Then after some introspection work or shadow work, she has changed back to an introvert comparatively. And for me, I have always been an introvert, but I think even more so after doing all the shadow work because I know what kind of situation make me feel the best. I don't work against my will as much anymore. I have an
1: interesting insight is that whether our Big five or our personality traits change closer to closer to who we truly are. Because when I was a kid, I was introverted because in Chinese culture, a kid who's not very focal is considered a good kid, a, an obedient kid. And that's why you behave it that way. And then slowly it becomes your personality. And then when I hit teenage um, stage and I thought that being extrovert would get people to like me. There's a lot of conformity that you're trying to do when you're growing up. So I was the most extroverted when I worked in PR and when I thought that I need to be an extrovert and I thought that I'm the best self being an extrovert. But then now, as I prioritize peace, I slowly switch back to being more introverted. I don't need as much external stimulations. And it leads me to wonder whether our true self never really changed, but it's just that the social context and what we think it's our best self, the image keeps changing. That's why our personality traits keep changing.
0: But could you um, see some core cool personality traits that you think that it would never change in you? I think it's hard to say because it's a build-up of experience.
2: So, for example, if someone has gone through some traumatizing events, mm. that sometimes those events would be life changing. There are just a lot of uncertainties in the future, right? So if something happens and really triggered you to reflect on some of your personality, then... I can't say that I
0: won't change my perspective necessarily. I'm open in that. I don't think I have an answer for that. Uh, to some extent, I agree with that and also the psychologists in the field. There's a long-standing debate about whether personality traits stems from nature or nurture. There's like a famous psychological paper on a twin. So basically they have all the biological uh, similarity and they're biologically identical. But then one of the twins would be moving away from the hometown to another country. The psychologists um, did some tests on them and see how much does the environment going to change them uh, in sense of personality and the result was pretty fascinating that they concluded around 50% is from nature and 50% is from nurture what do you guys think about it do you think this finding applies to you from my experience I would not 50% I would say 80%
1: of them would be nurture and 20% would be set in stone like in my (laughs) genes. I'm just thinking of different live events that Mm. I went through as a Mm. kid. We never know our nature personalities, right? Because when we develop conscious as a kid, maybe like three, four years old, those things are already, those traits are already developed by nurture. It's not Mm. nature. Mm -hmm. So how do you know if that trait is nature or not?
0: So basically nature, it's a very scientific way to look at personality traits by looking at your biological combination, especially the brain and chemical release, like your dopamine level and also um, some genes called DRD4. So basically all these are like how you get environment stimuli and how your body really uh, wired to react and how much chemical it released. So it's like a very biological scientific way to look at personality traits. Hence, scientists try to say that it's a nature that how your body is wired to react. So if you don't get the biologically tendency to get stimulated as much by the environment, then you might not be such an extrovert. But it's hard for me to tell.
2: Yeah, it, you know, it's it like, hard.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, so that's why I think the bottom line is do not work against your true genuine feeling. I'm yet to find out like the actual percentage
2: split I have between my nature and nurture. But what I can say is that I'm so much more aware and conscious with the nurture side of things. Mm. And I work hard on those things.
0: Mm, I think the key here is just it's very hard for you to know what nature brings you. I think what you could observe, maybe your siblings or your family, like how do they actually um, tackle situations or how do they react and actually also ties to what kind of environment they raise you. And also that ties to nurture. So it's really hard to have a clear cut between nature and nurture. It reminds me, it's
1: so funny because I was just talking to my therapist yesterday about how I feel so out of place in terms of personality with my family members because most of my family members are very introverted. I won't categorize them as all the same, but they are more uh I could observe a trait or a
0: pattern, a tendency. Yeah, like they they are more alike. And he even made a joke thinking that I'm adopted. And also nurture could further split into your objective nurture and subjective nurture. It's actually how you perceive your surrounding and environment and the information that you receive. So the way you perceive and interpret those messages are the thing that you could control and hence may change your personality trait in the way that you want. With the big five or or other personality traits test, you can unlock the motivations behind each person's behavior and improve interactions. Through understanding others, we can optimize our interactions while building better and lasting relationship with others. I think the bottom line and the key takeaway is being respectful. We should respect differences in people and find the optimal way to live a happy life collectively. Thank you for tuning in and let's continue the conversation on Instagram at Unlabeling Effect. Please subscribe to our podcast on Spotify and iTunes and give us a rating. Until then, dare to feel, dare to be real.